Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, you two. Okay. We're on. Uh, so, hi Jim, hi Sarah. Hi. Hi Sam. Hi. Hi. Let's uh, Hi, let's do that. Let's get the weather report, Jim. Uh, oh let's my just God. kick it off with the weather. Sort of embarrassing in front of the guest. <laughs> yeah, but we have it's a, so dumb. Hey, in Radio Land, they don't know that the guest is. is well, we here have yet. a guest we, today, you know. so I'm gonna. All right, so yes, the what? So this started out a long time because you know, early, Minnesota. early, I just kept saying like, "Oh, it's." It's snowing out and it's freezing out because it was, and now of course it's summer and it's really beautiful. He, so it's a he loves giving the weather report. I, I do, yeah. I do, I do. It's a yeah. very, very <laughs> lovely Thursday afternoon. Yeah, today, yeah. Um, warm and sunny, and it's uh, August. Oh, and the it, humidity and left. The humidity. Oh, it's right. Beautiful. And everyone's favorite. You know, like as if they listen to it in real time. But right. the state fair opens Open up today. Today. It was today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah talk about like the first day perfect weather for the state fair wow. right yeah. yeah i'm sure people are having a blast mm. i'm sure we are, are stuck in our studio wow. <laughs> i'm just kidding it's all good um all so right welcome to legacy matters oh yes welcome we got to say the name yeah yep. and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say thank you to our listeners yes. uh we are very appreciative of the uh people who listen to our show of course and we mentioned it at the beginning uh it is really helpful i guess to us to have you subscribe and to uh share our show as as you see fit but you know we'd we'd love it if you would put it on your social media um we don't get a lot of reviews you know i was gonna say we need to people need to leave reviews i took 10 minutes yesterday to my favorite podcast and i left just five star really nice reviews for people because that's how they get found people like to appreciate it so just take Take a few minutes. Yeah, it's uh, being us being classic Minnesotans. I sort of hate to ask for it, <laughs> but I do. It helps. I it do helps not us. like to ask for it. I don't like to ask for it either, but I do no. understand now. I, I never leave a negative review unless someone sure. really deserves it. You got you to gotta really piss me off to get a negative review from me, but I have left a lot more positive. And I've, sometimes it's harder to leave the positive than the negative. Yeah, it sort of goes... So, uh, at any rate, take a few minutes. We would appreciate it. doesn't take much. <coughs> but thank me. you. Um, yeah, so thank you, and thank you for listening. And uh, Greg, let's do a color for Greg just to make sure he's still... So my dad's en route this, as we speak. Is he? Yeah. Coming up. So what's a good color? Uh, pink. Okay, there it is. All right. We got pink. Okay, Dad, there you go. Yep, so we, it's a test for him whether he's actually listening or not. Because if he doesn't respond with the right, with the, the color. color, then we know he, he doesn't care about right. Sarah anymore, obviously. <laughs> All right, let's introduce our guest. Uh, we right. are very fortunate to have... Uh, I'll let Jim... Uh, yes, so we You're have a music you. guest today, Venus DeMars. Hello. Hey. Welcome, Hi. Venus. Yes, <laughs> I am here. Yeah. yeah. We're very excited to have you in. Great. Thanks for coming. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, here we are. So, <laughs> did we just bust into it as, as uh, usual? Yeah, so, uh, Venus, you're a uh, musician and performer. Are you from Minnesota? I uh, Yes. I actually, I grew up in Duluth. Okay. 
Uh, but I, I moved out. I moved down here when I was 18. So okay, the bulk of my life has been down here, but the um, the significant part of upbringing was up there. Mm. Okay. So you moved down when you were, you said 13? 18. Okay. By yourself? Yeah. Okay. Right. You didn't happen to uh, get passed by Lori Lindeen on the way down. Did I know. She, what, yeah. <laughs> she was from Duluth. And she's like, I was out of there when I was uh, 16 Lori's or 17. From, uh, yeah. Madison. Oh, was it Lori? We're thinking of Amy Buchanan. Oh, it was Amy Buchanan. Right. You're right. Who had similar. Well, yeah. It was, I mean, it's great now. I go up there a lot and I perform up there and I have a, a fan base and uh, I've made some inroads on some of the um, venues up there. And art galleries, um, but um, but when I grew up, it was really on the down down swing, and um, sort of uh, tail industry of the, was yeah. was uh, really really not doing well, and they hadn't figured out what else to do, and it was and also it was it was very uh, more conservative, and yep. me being who I. M, I had a sense that this was not a good place for me to figure out who I was. So I came down to Minneapolis. But now it's different. Now it's it's really progressive up there. I Mm -hmm. love going up there. More music and cultural. Oh, yeah. Yeah, things like that. Artists. I still like like a a bigger city uh, for the opportunities and the things to do. so Minneapolis fits well for that, but um, so I don't think I could live up in Duluth. But uh, I, yeah. I love going up there and spending time up there. I understand that. I I've kind of got half a wish I could live in a small town or a smaller up north place, a little slower pace and everything. But then I I know I can't. Can you miss you? Yeah, I, yeah. I know I need what's going on in the cities really too. Right. So, so at eighteen, you moved out. How how did that look? I mean, were you you, uh, you just did you get in a car, or take a bus, or I had did a you have contacts here. Oh, let me think now. <laughs> I, I just asked so, you a whole bunch of questions yeah. at once. <laughs> so what I did is I um, I I tried to get into school. I was doing. Uh, I, I didn't know exactly where I was going to go after high school, so I tried to go into commercial art at a back then it was a Votech down here um, which did not happen I actually went and applied but then I just never went after that and I got a job um, in a warehouse for the IDS services center a friend of mine uh, who also grew up in Duluth had already moved down uh, to live with his sister and brother-in-law and I um I came down and just stayed with them and um, kind of got a job and started working. Um, uh, eventually got, uh, I, I started in the mailroom for the IDS, which is not on location. It was mm-hmm. near the highway, actually, off of Washington. Um, and, um, and, and then I eventually got a second job in the warehouse for IDS, so I would do the mail room and it was the old mail room where you you and it was you know not digital it was it was the <laughs> the scales that moved 
analog wise and yeah. you throw it on and throw it in throw it on throw it in to the right <laughs> slot and then you'd run it through the machines Ooh. oh yeah it was, it was so great. You're, yeah you're playing right into our yeah hand we here. yeah we we so <laughs> legacy <registers>. matters is <laughs> yeah legacy matters is really um kind of it came about because of our memory preservation app that we built mm. and kind of us wanting to get the word out about these things so uh andalin is all about we love talking about the difference between sort of the analog era and oh the digital. well i remember when we got <laughs> digital scales uh, yeah, yeah and we were all pissed <laughs> off because we got so good of being able to average where that needle was going to land that we were just Rapid fire sifting oh, through sure. all of the all of the mail, but once we got digital, we had to wait for it to settle oh, down. Oh my god! And it slowed yeah. us down. Oh. It honestly slowed us down. Digital wow. digital slowed it down. Yeah, it slowed it down. Yeah. So if you don't mind my asking, uh, and and you don't have to put specific years to this, but what right. what era was this? Oh, it was eighties. Okay. okay, it was it yep. was um, early eighties. Early eighties. Okay. Um, so let me think now. No, 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 no. Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, early, early, like eighty, eighty-ish, eighty, like the earliest eighty you can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like day one of nineteen eighty. <laughs> so were you um, at this? So you get down here. You're doing this, and are, are you playing music? Have you been playing music? Not in a in a band. Okay. I was I was playing acoustic. Um, and I wasn't singing. I was just playing acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had been writing lyrics, and I would think about them in my head, but I never, I was way too shy to sing. Um, and the job there at that I was doing, everything kind of just started falling apart after about maybe eight months. And I just felt like I... Didn't it was I didn't see a future. I wasn't going to the After school they anymore. Yeah. After they digitized, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. what's the point? <laughs> Once that digital <laughs> thing came into play, ruined it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I moved back home, um, and then I started looking at a more realistic, I thought, a way to move forward, and that was to go to MCAD. I applied and I got in, mm. and so I turned around and moved back and this time I just I um, I had had an apartment uh, moved out of my friend's sister and brother-in-law's house and moved into an apartment near near um, MCAD ironically but I was working at IDS and I gave that apartment up right on Stephen Street when it was a one-way um, not a two-way Ooh. and it had balconies on the it doesn't have balconies my old apartment building but, um, so I moved back, and then uh, I started going to MCAD, and then I got an apartment um, at a place, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it was an old, old, old turn of last century brownstone building with a courtyard right off of Garfield Avenue in Franklin. Oh, yeah. Right around there. It was really beautiful, but it was really old world. Yeah. It was like... Mm. 
It was, I love that it was really old world where, where all the electricity is on the outside of the wall and the plumbing <laughs> is on the outside the of the wall. Ice box full, doors. And full of cockroaches. Oh, <laughs> Full man. of cockroaches. Do you have any good cockroach stories? I have. They would sit at, <laughs> I would be on the tub and they would be sitting up on the light above my, my mirror in the, in the sink and they, I could see their little, their little feelers moving around. No, they were all over. And I slept on the floor. <laughs> oh, okay. I had a futon. I slept futon. on the floor. Right. And, I, you know, I learned a trick from my producer, um, Barb Morrison, who now she's going to have to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, she lived, uh, when we were doing a lot of our work for some of the, for the first two albums I worked with her on, uh, she was living in Brooklyn, and the studio was right right there near where she was and she had a technique of 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 roach proofing her apartments she had two of them there um and she would get like uh she'd go out and buy just a whole bunch of caulk you know yeah white caulk yeah and she'd get the gun and just lots of them and she would go meticulously through the whole apartment and every corner and every seam and ev- she would just caulk yeah. the whole thing yeah. the whole thing every place it would take like a week yeah. but she never <laughs> but it was so worth she it. never had a roach in her apartment yeah no. Wow. I wish I, I lived in New York for a long time, yeah. and what I don't miss are the cockroaches. And yeah. I ask you the story <laughs> because yeah. I have several. But I remember when I lived on a walk up on the Upper East Side, and it's not glamorous. I don't think it sounds glamorous at all. So I'm in bed, and it's you know one in the morning. I'm like, what? What is that? And I feel something, and I sleep like a mummy, you know. Yeah. And I feel something. I take out my earplugs, my face mask, <laughs> and I and I turn on the light, and I pop open my covers, and there's a freaking Yep. Just in your there, covers? In my covers. Sure. Underneath them. It's a snuggle. Well, yeah. just next yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, all around. What, you know. Hey, what's up, buddy? And then, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah. It disappears. They're so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, the minute the light goes yeah. on, everything oh, yeah. just, just, they just yeah. scatter. Back into oh, yeah. I have, I have roach, roach stories. We had, uh, <laughs> our, our uh, lived, uh, when, after I was married with, uh, to my, my current wife, spouse, um, we rented uh, uh, the lower part of a duplex in North Minneapolis, right in Tangletown area. And um, the owner was a friend of ours who lived upstairs, so we were trying to help remodel the place, get it ready. So it was he had bought it, and it was in really bad shape. But we, I, we had moved. This is after my first band relocated down here, then broke up, and then... We're um, kind of going uh, through, I, I shared an apartment with my bass player and his girlfriend, but they, they, we separated from that situation, and Lynette and I moved north, um, and, um, and we took, uh, it was all this old paneling on the walls, oh, so we were going to get rid of the paneling, and we pulled off one and dropped it, and this army of roaches dropped <laughs> oh to the ground God. and marched towards us and then we knew so Leave then we went out alone. and got all of these all of the spray and we and we just 
we went through and our technique was to kill them all yeah, yeah. so yeah. we we just dropped it down and then just just sprayed the army as it marched at us <laughs> and and we we did eventually tackle it i think we did have to get uh, uh exterminator to bomb it a couple of times too and then we had our cat emma which I bought after an argument with Lynette, and I felt so horrible. So <laughs> we were at cat. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were in That's a one in one of the it. little strip malls around somewhere up north, <laughs> and there was this little pet store. They used to have pet stores with kittens yeah. in it, you yeah, know. The old days. And this was they had a parrot up above, <laughs> and then below the cage of the parrot was all these kittens, you know, with this parrot squeaking away up. I remember Perfect these placement. scenes, yeah. And, and uh, so I picked the one that was most energetic, you know, not necessarily the best idea, but right. Emma, she was, uh, she was a gray tabby, short hair. Oh. And so... You know, Lena and I had gotten mad, and we went storming off in our own direction. So I bought this cat. <laughs> did, it, did it help? This is and, really funny. And, <laughs> and I had so a. Sweet. They didn't even have carrying cases. Oh. They they went and rummaged around and got a cardboard box <laughs> with top open and put put Emma in there, and she's just tiny. And so I'm wandering the the um, the. Uh, the mall with this little cardboard and this little gray-haired short tabby looking out, you know, looking around. And I see Lynette walking, so I walk towards her, and there's Emma looking, and yeah, it... And it the, the argument was still there, but, of course, we, we that loved Emma. That You had yeah. that cute little cat. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had mean, a cute cat. Yeah. Was the cat a roach hunter? Is that... She was... She turned out to be a rat hunter. Mm. Oh. We had a rat. Well, that's, we that's, had a rat in, in that too. north uh, place. It was either a rat or it was a wild hamster. We couldn't figure it out. Because <laughs> it didn't... It, the tail was missing. Oh. So oh. it, it well, either... Minnesota. Like, the rats here... Are yeah, in danger of having their tails frozen off. Right, <laughs> right, right. And there, and it was just a crawl space. It was a uh, a uh, coal storage mm-hmm. bin. Yeah. That was where my first studio was. It was mm-hmm. a circular coal bin. I turned into a studio in the basement. Oh. But the rest of it was a crawl space. Yeah. Lynette would wake up. We also we I I still sleep on a futon on the floor. We both do. We always have. But <laughs> during that time, she. She kept complaining. She was near the wall. She kept complaining about being so cold, and we always had to put more covers on. And one day, she rolled back the the um, futon, and it was ice and froze <laughs> oh. against <laughs> the wall because there's no basement. So now, then we knew. Um, but Emma would would be sleeping with us, and and we would hear the rat out, you know, digging around and. I'd wake her up and Emma would just start purring because we were paying attention to her and I have to pick her up and shake her around and hold her by the door and then she'd suddenly hear it and then it was boom she'd yeah. take off and then she would we just hear you know you know how cats run around and yeah. chase each other this yeah. was chasing a squeaking did she find rodent. it ever and like she never it caught it oh. she never caught it <laughs> she just she but just she, kept she, it she at chased bay. it she chased it and she man, was that hamster yeah. rat was scared <laughs> yes <laughs> it was like yes, holy it, it, shit I'm out of here <laughs> yeah. we, it never it oh. just we would hear it on occasion but she kept it uh, from getting on its toes yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we, ne- we never saw any more, so that's what we don't know exactly what, right. 
what it was, but we it's either a, it was either a rat with missing tail or a, a wild hamster. <laughs> yeah. It could have been a could have been someone's pet hamster that got yes you know, right. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. lived out its life as a as a single a free a, hamster a right hamster. it could have been a emancipated hamster. hamster. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I had a cat when I when I first met my wife. She came with two cats, and uh, Onyx, the little black cat, was really good at catching things and then bringing them back to me alive. Oh, like a present. Yeah. yeah. Like set birds at my feet all the time nice. and mice and little rabbits. Like, thanks, but don't do that anymore. <laughs> it made me so sad, but no he was just too bunnies. good at it. Oh, our, my cats will not give up their little prizes. Oh. oh they uh, No, they, they grab it and run from me because I try to save them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, I have rescued a few, but it's, I was it's hard. I was often able to release them unharmed because Onyx really just brought them to me. Right. Had no interest in eating them or, or killing yeah. them. If, they're, if, you're not, if your cat isn't an outdoor cat, if it's an indoor cat, or, or fed well. They usually just play with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is with cats, they have like, you know yeah. how dogs, you know, dogs will come and lick you and they they have some sort of healing thing in their saliva. Cats <laughs> have have poison. Yeah. So if they if they just pierce the skin of that little thing, yeah. that little thing that with little their things. with a tooth or a claw and get any saliva in there. It's a goner. Yeah, I think it, a lot it, of them. It may run away, but eventually it's gonna it's gonna go. It's gonna yeah, Onyx, down. Onyx. To be perfectly fair, Onyx seemed to have no remorse. Too, I, I think Onyx thoroughly enjoyed killing. He's just oh being yeah, you know, not, nece- not yeah. necessarily killing. He just like could not wait to play with the little critters. Right. Yeah. He didn't know what he did. No. Are you one of one of those people who take their cats out in public? We have, depending on the cat. We had a cat, um, Tosca. We had Tosca. She was a short hair, black and white. And uh, she was the sweetest cat in the world. Most of our cats are stray cats that end up in our yard, and then we adopt them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not all, but most of them. Um, And um, there's only been a few, like Emma, who I bought for an (laughs) argument. And then, uh, and then Panyo, who we, our newest cat now, who we got from the animal shelter. Mm. Okay. And uh, and they discovered we had two other, sneakily discovered we had two other cats, and so now we have to license them all. <laughs> oh, so that was yeah, the license that was unfair, or fair, I guess, depending <laughs> on the way you want to look at it. I but hear um, yeah, Tosca, we would bring out and. Um, and uh, she was the sweetest cat. We brought her to, uh, we used to bring them to the, Lynette um, goes to one of the, the Episcopal Church around the uh, Loring Park. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not religious, but I'll, I'll go along. Um, people are nice to me. And, um, and so they used to have a, a, they used to be this big rivalry between the three big churches there, the Catholic Church, Episcopal Church, and the Lutheran Church, <laughs> and who could outdo the other on this uh, blessing of the animals thing. Oh, it really? was a big deal. I really? mean, uh, the Episcopal Church once had a small elephant walk in. No yes. way. <laughs> yes. Are you serious? Yes, I am what? serious. 
<laughs> oh my god! How that is not gonna... what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I, I was like, that is a small, <laughs> a small elephant. <laughs> That's pretty. Okay. I mean, I kind of. Th- well, I don't know. I, I mean, Ringling Brothers in town. I mean, or it's, yeah. and they, they would do it they would go and 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 rent exotic animals oh, and have wow. them come. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that seems that seems awful. They don't spiritual. do it anymore. Yeah, I, I can't do imagine doing it was right a, now. It was, a, it was a way to get people in yeah, the door. I, it would get me in the door, kind yeah. of. I mean, I, I want to see a little... I mean, an elephant so walking the down the aisle? Like, oh, yeah. Blessing, yeah. Hail Mary, whatever. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's yeah. really... Oh, that animals? is like a, that is like a all, movie. All of that stuff. You know? and, were, and then they would bring in animal <laughs> puppets. Like, one time I was sitting there, and there was this dog in front of me in the pew that was, like, barking, blah, blah, blah. You know, dogs, you know, jumping around. In church, and I have yeah. my cat, who is like, <laughs> there was two cats. I brought one that was um, um, Eliza, who was a tortoiseshell. She was scared to death of everything and just clung, clung to me it, and yeah. drew blood. And then Tosca, who was just like, I don't care. And Tosca was great. But, so I don't remember which one it was, but, um, but uh, this dog was jumping around, and then these big processional puppets came in <laughs> and one of them was this big dog shaped puppet with a head like this yeah. and the dog was like jumping around and then looks over and looks at the people walking and looks up at this 10 foot <laughs> dog head and and that poor dog just like dropped to the ground oh, and groveled and just like oh my god what is that and it's like I, a, I, I, I found that fascinating that, that and yeah. I got another story about dogs yeah. or animals recognizing themselves in something inanimate so that dog recognized another dog uh, and just thought it was like this gigantic god dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which and is one of my songs. It was like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. god dog yeah. song. Do you have a god dog song? Yes. I, I do. Yes. <laughs> but I just, I didn't mean to say that, uh, but I the did. And, and so it fell, you know. But I had uh, Emma. Emma again. We brought her up to Duluth to visit uh, the parents who were alive then. And uh, uh, my dad at that time had a little stuffed Garfield um, <laughs> doll. And Emma was running around and being a kitten. She may be an adolescent by then. And I took the um, I took the Garfield doll, and it's got those big it, eyes, yeah, you yeah. know. So I put it down on the ground, and Emma's running around and kind of sniffing around and walking around. And then she looks at it, and it's like she's looking at it, and then she recognizes a face mm. and two big eyes, and she leaped a foot in the yeah. air and all of her hair was on end and she had that classic arched back and sideways thing but you could see her not reacting at all at first and just looking at it and then all of a sudden she jumps up and it's like that recognition yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. it was so interesting That's I have not seen that with any other animal but um, those uh, two on things, the so it, it does happen. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. I like the God dog. That's that's stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head because I'm like, oh, I well, can that you imagine that is guy. that's one of the songs that yeah. we still do. Is can you imagine it? that yeah. dog and we, going That was home? one of the first songs that we wrote. Okay, so, and I still do it. Oh. And was it because of that scenario? No, I mean, no. 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 no, no, no. It was it was actually actually it was. Um, inspired by so now we can talk about this if we want to yes. i don't know if we want yeah. to but we um 
So here's uh, here's an interesting thing. Uh, I'm trans, and I've I've been out for a lot. I came out in 1988, so it was a whole different world back then. Yeah. And I was actually having coffee with um, a friend of mine this morning, and just kind of we got on this interesting topic of how things have changed and how the world is different. Um, and um, and back then, for the bulk of the beginning, well. Most of the time I've been out um, and then in the band. Um, the only place that trans people were really accepted and like it wasn't a big deal was in the fetish world. Because hmm. it was just like, well, you know, just come on in. Mm-hmm. It's like we were f- a freak and come on <laughs> and join the rest of us. So that and would be, that would include like you you weren't accepted in the gay world oh no okay no no we were we were the red-headed stepchild of of, of the, the gay, gay world. community yeah. yeah we were we were uh, you know things are i'm talking now in the past oh yeah, i know the way it used were, to be we're different yeah um but back then um and i had my allies and i had my 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 people that in the gay community that I was close to and they defended me and and supported me and helped me uh, navigate and and become aware of myself um, but um, but overarching those more intimate closer relationships was uh, a sense that if you're trans you're likely gay either direction and Mm. just avoiding it or embarrassed about it and so you're masking it by trying to pretend to be uh, another gender gender. and so the idea of being trans was not seen as being authentic and if it was anything it was a uh, derision of um, sexual deviation and fetish. So the fetish community accepted you in because fetish like community didn't have an issue, mm-hmm. right? And they were very open and 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 uh, the, the band fit in great. I I at that time trying to be out as a trans woman, I wanted to have strength and not submission mm-hmm. in the way I I presented, and so um, I. I gravitated towards the fetish uh, dom look yeah. because I had a lot. There was a lot of strength to that. I was also inspired because I saw Wendy O. Williams yeah. and the Plasmatics in Duluth Superior. Okay. Oh my when, God. when I was but a young, but you're punker. very mild mannered. Yeah, you know. So I, and the, so sweet, you know. Like that's yeah. so that's tough. I imagine to be strong and mild mannered. Well, not on stage, but oh, got but, it, got it. Stage persona. Yeah, it's that that happens. Not everybody, but but it it happens uh, for us or for me anyway. And um, but I saw Wendy O, and I that's where I get my electric tape pasties right. from. Right. Because she had that. Only I cut mine into a star shape. So she played Duluth. Yeah. I mean that not well superior. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's that even a, weirder. I mean <laughs> Wisconsin. I mean I remember, you know, in the eighties. I mean that was like I I loved the plasmatics. You yeah, know? yeah, I they mean, were big. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so they were fronting for Kiss, who was yep. playing um, uh, at the um, the big, I think it was called the Deck now. Okay. Uh, the big 
venue wow, in a- Duluth, and and but they didn't sell enough, so they canceled their gig. And and then word got on the street that the Plasmatics, the opening band, was going to play anyway. And s- but this is way before phones or texting <laughs> or anything like that. So, so gotten rotary so all, dialed their all friends. Us, all us young punks, you know, and this is early in the punk days. Yeah. We all piled in. A, I think it was Lynette's car, actually. <laughs> she was the one that drove. None of the rest of us had a car. I had one, but I sold it. Um, <laughs> So we all piled in her green Chevrolet, I think her dad's car. And we drove until we saw the longest line of punkers in Superior. And we got out, got in line and said, is this where they're playing? And yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we packed the place. And it was so loud that everybody, I mean, it was painful loud. And so we all... We all uh, ran into the bathroom and got a whole bunch of toilet paper and stuffed it in our ears. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, my bass player at that time, this is my band before All the Pretty Horses, um, went to the front of the stage and touched Wendy's thigh oh. and said that he, he saw God. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they went out into the back parking lot to cut the... the um, the guitar in half with the with the chainsaw. Yeah. So I yeah. didn't see that, but I did see her. They they brought a um, God, hydraulic cool. lift on stage, and she drove it through the false ceiling, while she got on there and sang. And oh, I was yeah. working the controls, and it just <laughs> right, right through and God. trapped her up there until she figured out how to come down. But she didn't oh, miss a beat. She kept singing the whole time. That is, that's just so rock and roll. That's so punk. I mean, I love totally the, cool. the chainsaw. And the, and the guy with, I mean, the, guy just, with the tutu. Yeah. And, you know, and the, and the flying V yep. guitar. And it was just, it was great. And it was loud. And it was perfect. And we were in a punk band at that time. And we're totally inspired. And um, that's when I started uh, singing. Not, not as a front person. I was a lead guitarist and I sang a couple of songs, but I didn't, I wasn't a front person in that band. Okay. Was um, it, were you hesitant or shy about I it? I was still or? shy and we were also, that, that band, we, we used to, we used to open for the suburbs. We replaced the replacements. Yeah. <laughs> I get it now. I, I read that and I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, That's yes. what I thought. Because yes. the replacements usually open for the suburbs. Uh-huh. The replacements were kind of at, uh, at our level at that time. Okay. This, this old band of mine. And, um, and uh, on, uh, on the occasions when they couldn't do it, like we, we opened for the suburbs at the... Um, Caboose once, yeah, I remember that. But it, you know, I don't remember everything that that we did back then. But um, but yeah, we that's what we did. But the replacements had twin twin tone as their record label, or their yeah their record label, their management company, and we had another management company that was that had gotten started, and that's what brought us down to to Minneapolis the second time after I went back to Duluth I came back down a second time with my band and that was with a management company that within two months after we got into town they went bankrupt so that's (laughs) that's my story (laughs) damn it Uh, well you we have we have managed uh, our first half here I hate to. I know. Like, I'm wondering uh, what other uh, creatures we can talk about. <laughs> no, I mean this, this is great. There's lots of great yes. conversations in this. I, I don't want to dominate anything. You know how I get. Yeah. About I, ca- I can dominate. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's good. But I, I do. 
while you were talking about all of that, I think of how different it is. And I've mentioned this before, but how different it is today. I've got a 12, a 10-year-old, and a 3-year-old daughter. Oh, yeah. And my my boy, Tyson, at, uh, in fifth grade, it, the kids, they knew they were already out. There were several that knew they were going to be trans or were, you know, were working on that. Like, and and not a lick of, like aggression like i remember in school it was it was a really big insult to call someone gay or something you know like if you if you suggested that your buddy steve was gay everyone was like oh my god his life's ruined and you know it was a huge deal and now these kids at 10 years old are like oh no that's not a big deal like what are you talking about that's my friend steve he's gay big deal shut up i I love that so as as tough as things and are that comes right now good parenting and just moving forward hopefully in a positive way i think there's a lot i mean bullying still happens yeah. it's still oppressive and it, there is still a lot of um of um beating yourself up and totally and, uh depression mm-hmm. and as you move through through puberty and you get into more adult issues and you're trying to untangle it there's still a lot of difficulty but it is a different place. It's than a different it was. world. And when when I was I I didn't come out because I was too scared to death. And when I did, it was because I was suicidal. And it was after I was married, um, trying to imagine that as a way to solve it. And I dealt with a lot of a lot of shame and a lot of um, self hatred. Yeah. And it took a lot of energy to tackle that and to work through it and I think I still carry a lot of that baggage just because that was where I came from right and that was years years I didn't see a real change until well uh, Laura Jane Grace when she came out in 2012 that's I believe that is when things started to change and that's not I that think long that ago. was the industry yeah. no. Yeah, the industry. No, this is all recent. And and I toured with her in 2014. She was very generous about inviting me to do that. And um, I saw what it was like to see kids who were supportive. Their family, their their parents were supportive because these were all ages shows that we did. And um, and it was it was so different than when I was out there before and just you know people parents pulling kids away from me yeah it's it's just even when i went to the grocery store you know and i had people praying for me i had Mm -hmm. people giving me death threats i had yeah just just for doing your daily life yeah just just for being out and around yeah great yeah well let's not do that people (laughs) all right let's uh (laughs) let's move past that type of behavior um all right you guys we should take a little break okay all right Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel safe products directly to your door in an airport security safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. 
All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project. Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't. Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like that. That one. All right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. I could Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin. Uh. Andalin now available on the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Do you have an idea that you know deserves a digital solution? Finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. Are we back? I'm calming myself. Okay. We're back. All right, yes. we're back with okay. we're good. Venus to Mars. Yes, and I have tea. Yes. I have more tea. tea. Welcome more tea. back. We took our little, our, our mid-break there. Mid-break, yeah. yeah. Well, I, so Venus, I, I want to ask a question here. It's like, and this is sort of like, you know, so back in the 80s when you're, you're you know, forming your music or thinking about music, I mean, how did you find new music? Back in the day, did you have a favorite record shop or did you know and being up north or it was uh, two people it was my um, my bass player uh, Dave Frame who I'll have to let know about this now too <laughs> <laughs> um, from, from that first band and it's great nobody knows that first band so like All the Pretty what? Horses is my only band right. what was that? the name of the first band ah, see. oh okay alright hey. um, don't have to answer I mean it was uh, ironic it was, it was terribly ironic we didn't think so at the time but now on reflection of course it was called Straight Face <laughs> ah, that's not so bad no well, yeah. uh, well, not where I ended up but, yeah. right uh, yeah. right but yeah. but we um, we were actually inspired, and and then the other person who brought music into my world was our synthesizer player, Charlie Charlie Bailey, who mm-hmm. is no longer with us. Um, and in that band uh, were three brothers, the Bailey brothers, and um, Bill was a drummer who is was my first drummer in All the Pretty Horses, um, but. Um, but it was Bill and John and Charlie, um, guitar, drums, and 
and synthesizer and then I played guitar and then Dave played bass and Dave and Charlie Charlie came he had moved to Denver as a teenager um, and had just fallen into the punk world out there and um, when he moved back and became part of uh, our band he brought with him that whole new music sensibility and all the research he had done and he used to DJ up at uh, UMD um, and he introduced us to all these new things and he was the one that came up with the with the look and the and the direction of that first band which was he was all into this movement that was going on in Japan called uh, visual rock okay. or vis rock and it was it was gl- it was their version of glam uh, but they didn't do the hair, the 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 hair metal glam and the androgynous stuff, which I did not get. I wasn't attracted to. I went to the '70s glam okay. and the uh, the Bowie androgyny of Ziggy Stardust. I didn't do the hair metal spandex um, androgyny <laughs> that that wasn't attractive right. to me. But um, because I didn't feel like it was authentic, yeah. honestly. I mean, yeah. I mean, they would they would look gorgeous and then they would have their shirt open up and they'd have all this chest hair you know right it was just like it didn't feel authentic to me it felt like a costume whereas bowie and the ziggy stardust hair looked authentic he he, it to me that felt authentic and i was attracted to that authenticity um we know that it didn't stick with bowie he did a lot of experimenting right. different things you know but at that time we didn't know and mm-hmm. and it, it just seemed it grounded well, and me he had licensed to do that as a creative yeah. person like and that. we everybody excused it you yeah. know so uh, that was but we can talk about that in reflection and blah 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 and you know because i didn't know who i was at that time either so we can talk <laughs> about that but um Oh, where was I? <laughs> I just went, oh yeah. Uh, so so Japan had this movement which was kind of uh, inspired by the by the Kabuki theater and mm. and more the traditional Japanese theater. So the white face uh, and that that kind of makeup was part of that tradition. And Charlie was just so intrigued by by that um, theater no theater and a bunch of stuff like that he was just really into all of that stuff so he suggested we play with with that kind of of changing our look or our persona by using that kind of theatrics so we did that but everybody thought we were trying to be kiss yeah oh right Right. nobody understood but we we tried to tried to re-inspire ourselves with that other type of genre but it never went mm-hmm. anywhere and the band broke up shortly after our management company down in Minneapolis went bankrupt and our big bus that we we toured we drove back and forth between Minneapolis and St. Paul died halfway <laughs> and we towed it into the backyard of the rental property that we had in St. Paul in the Selby Dale neighborhood and we abandoned it there <laughs> and, and I think our, Left it for our else. and oh uh, can you swear on a podcast oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so my my um, so here's another interesting thing my um, 
road manager for that first band, um, became the lead singer of a band right after that, which was called The Fucking Shit Biscuits. <laughs> and they are infamous in the underground punk world in Minneapolis. There are people the who know exactly what I'm talking about. Is that ring a bell, Jim? It, the that? name does okay. ring a bell, yes. But I don't, I don't know it. <laughs> but but, but I, that, it may just be the name that rings the bell and not the but actual one, band. One of, one of the things that the landlord of this place, when my wife, uh, Lynette, called up to try to get our deposit back after we had all dispersed oh, yes, and left yeah. the bus and she just like went down the list you know and she didn't stop at the bus abandoned in the in the yard <laughs> she also talked about uh ron who was the lead singer of the fucking shit biscuits was a hunter he would hunt and he had gotten a deer and had right. had had ideas of skinning tanning it and tanning a hide and he gave up halfway through and left it in the yard this is so Midwest too. At the same time, I mean, I mean, it's this so is so, well, it's just too. everything, right? Yeah. And so he's a hunter, and yeah. he skinned it, and just yeah. Like. yeah, yeah. So we're we were sitting in Ron and 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 Bill's apartment on Hatch Street in in St. Paul, and they had put mm-hmm. together a, a recording studio in the basement, and I had come over, and we were just fooling around trying to figure out what to do musically and we decided well we should call up that landlord and get our deposit <laughs> Lynette Classic. volunteered to do it and and she just started saying oh the bus yeah oh and the deer carcass yeah. and then Ron is kind of snickering in the in the back is like oh no he forgot completely about that and I was like we're not getting that deposit. No, back. for <laughs> sure you're not getting that. Yeah, but I like the idea that you're all sitting around and yeah. like, hey, you know, maybe we, we could just bucks. call them up yeah. and like, you know, maybe one of us could run over and get, yeah. get the Pink deposit, get you know? It. No, it was a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It was a woman who yeah. did it. And we also right. flooded the basement because pipes broke one winter when we all went up to Duluth for the holidays. <laughs> it was just terrible. I have some vague memory of trying to get back a deposit and, and having someone list a long <laughs> list of oh, grievances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. So way way back when, like in in early, in college oh, or no, something, I was like, so am I going to get that, you know, am I going to get that deposit back? And they're like, ah. no. Yeah. No, in fact, if I could sue <laughs> you, I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's you right. kind of owe me yeah. some money. Uh, so yeah. I have a question. Like, how did you, how did you come up with your name oh so yeah that's an interesting thing and actually in our memoirs Lynette talks about that because um, I I took on Venus first um, and it it was always she wasn't really comfortable with that but we were married before I came out so um, the the interest (laughs) the, the thing about her memoir is watching and being and staying with me as I I became a different person, you know, in all ways. Yeah. And um, that's that's a, a story that needs to be told. And uh, I am so appreciative and I love her. But um, so in, she's got a, I mean, a difficult to me. story to tell. And, she, and she's navigating as best as she can um, and by staying true to the time. And the name is an, an issue because she 
continued because this was early days and we didn't have pronouns we didn't have protocol we didn't have i didn't even feel that it still sort of shifts it's hard to keep track of yeah but we didn't that wasn't even the language Right. right and and so People just started, I, so I'll get to the story of choosing yeah. the name, yeah. but just, just to kind of get this little sure. thing out of the way, um, she will be referring to me in her book with my birth name and my birth gender uh, for the bulk of the book, because that is how she saw me, even as I was going through my transition, and it, it, um, it lasted for a long time and overlapped when I was only known as Venus, and and then eventually he began to move to she. But there was a long time in the 90s and early to so after a long early time after 2000s, I was still Venus, but I was he. Gotcha. In, in the press, in all of that, it was just that's that's what it was because we were associated again with the fetish world. Well, not a not a community, not a gender identity, not that. Yeah. So that wasn't part of our consciousness. Since we don't, since we don't really do politics and and whatnot, this isn't intended in any way to be political. <clears throat> but let me be fair about it, because I I grew up in the country and mm-hmm. and I'm you know I am what I am, but uh, I don't always know how to approach that. And there's I think out of a little bit out of embarrassment of maybe thinking, oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I get all weird about it. And it's not weird about meeting someone. It's weird about not knowing how to, you know, like not being myself because I'm trying to tread lightly or something. Well, you're trying to be considerate. Yeah, totally. Totally. But I I think that, you know, I think sometimes I'm an outgoing kind of gregarious person. I don't have any issue talking to someone who's changed their gender or something. That doesn't concern me. But what I do get embarrassed about is it's like it's like when I see one of my cousins out in public and I for the life of me cannot remember their name. Oh, I'm not going to go talk to them because I because <laughs> I'm so embarrassed yeah. about not remembering their name. I'm terrible with names. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm terrible with names. I, I'm very good at recognizing people. Mm-hmm. So um, but Lynette's better with names and she's better with numbers. And so we kind of work as a team. Yeah. Um, but I just I and and I don't know. I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm. There may be some memory quirk in my head too that that makes it difficult for me. Um, I'm very visual, um, but it's it's a different type of brain function to remember visuals as opposed to numbers and letters yep. and words. So. Um, uh, I've gotten really good at just like making up lyrics that I've forgotten of my own songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have so sounds I like can what relate happened to me. Melody is melody yeah. helps, uh, but yeah. if I'm just like rote memory of yeah. words, it's really difficult for my brain to to retain that. So I think that's fr- fair. anybody out there that has has wondered if I didn't remember their name it may be that i didn't but i know who you are <laughs> right, and right. i recognize you and i know our history oh, um I, so it's it's just forgive my broken brain for right. having trouble with that right. aspect of right. memory it, that happens to me all the time i, have I mean sometimes devastated people well i mean <laughs> i've seen looks sometimes on people's I look faces at you like, and i think what's your name again <laughs> <laughs> i i'm making a joke because i see you every day so it's yeah. not really you but 
But yeah, I mean, oh. sometimes people that I should know, I just am like, oh my gosh, what, what, what? There's something, well, and, and so my point was, if we can all associate with that feeling of seeing someone you know, and you actually care about, you love them, you care about them, you don't want to hurt their feelings in any way, but you cannot remember their name, so you're, you're nervous and embarrassed to even talk to them, and that comes across a certain way, and that's the way I sometimes feel around transgender people, because I, I feel like, oh shit, I, I am setting myself up to fuck this up. I'm gonna say something to hurt that person's feelings, and I really don't wanna do that. It's always, it's always good to default to they, them pronouns, mm. and just, like, just make that a standard. And then let that person correct you from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you do they, them, and just, just it's not that difficult. How would I, how would I do that? It, like if I, so if I'm talking to Jim, I would say, <laughs> uh, I just met her, right? Yeah. Uh, but I would say I met them or I met yeah. they? I, like, I just met them. Okay. All or right. they are doing this or, you know. Okay. It's, it's not that, it's not that hard you just have to get used to it but if you default to that mm-hmm. then you, the person if they're w- talking with you individually they'll they'll c- correct you yep. they'll, they'll but it'll be less th- threatening or insulting it'll be it'll be generous and and then it's easy to just shift it in the direction mm-hmm. that it needs to be yeah mm-hmm. that they feel they want to be known as and then and then just make a note mm-hmm. <laughs> a mental note mental note yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, I think the reason I brought that up is because I think that, you know, there's there's going to be a certain percentage of people out there who are going to, uh, you know, pray for you. And, and, oh you're, yeah, and I'm not going to fix yes, them. Yes, right? no, that, that, that continually happens. Yeah. But there are, I think, you know, thinking of my kind of rural youth, I think there are a lot of people who, they're, they're not, they don't, it's not bothersome to them. There's no, they're not worried about that, but, but just sort of the uh, difference makes that initial meeting hard. And, and so what that might be perceived as them not caring or not being a caring person, but they really are. But then it's tough to make that initial contact and, and have it not be awkward in some way. It, it, you know, when I, back, back when I was feeling like the only one out there um, in the 90s, early 90s and 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 you were talking about role model and stuff. I I kind of have found myself in that place always mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I came out so early mm-hmm. and jumped right on stage to untangle yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're yeah. in the public eye. Yeah, so yeah. You weren't like hiding. I I just like that seemed like the easiest. It was something I could manage. I was like out in the world going to the grocery store and stuff I didn't know what was going on there was no way for anybody to get to know me or to know I, co- I couldn't define myself by grabbing the can of peas you know right I was just like vulnerable mm-hmm. felt that way but on stage I had some control I, I was able I had a little world right there and I could set the rules and I could say who I was and I you know so it became a place where I felt comfortable and I felt like I understood it and then when I would get confronted or have to deal with stuff I felt like I had a little bit of advantage home home turf yeah. advantage because it was a stage that I understood 
and I wasn't out in the parking lot outside the grocery store when yeah, people followed me back out to the car. Makes you know. perfect sense. So, and so that yeah. So w- during our little break, we were chit chatting a little bit, but um, you were just overseas doing a writing residency. Writing residency yeah, in, yeah. in Finland. And yeah. was that about the memoirs? Um, it it or, was it okay. was it wasn't required uh, writing about that, but because um, we that was our. We got invited to do the writer's residency last year, so um, there wasn't... I was planning on just writing, because that's my writing, is the memoir. I've been doing that for a number of years. Um, But um, it was... The the place is called the Writer's House. It's in a place called Yavascula. Okay. And it's um, a kind of lower, mid-Finland... And um, and it's it's you know you apply and they say yeah we'll give you a place to stay and it's kind of a, a communal house that you get a room in and then after you can stay up for a month and then um, and then the usually there's a presentation or something at the end of that and so I I did music for mine uh, because but it's primarily poetry. But both of us worked on our memoir because it was a chance to be away from regular life and regular obligations and just sink into that that world of of memory and and writing words. So you're you're writing you're each writing a memoir. We're each writing a memoir. Kind of parallel. Yes, and we're sharing the timeline. Um, my um, and I I built. A time I chose um, my timeline is loosely grounded in the beginning of the band, which is about. Well, technically, I was talking and forming it at the end of two, 1993, but it really was established in 1994, and um, and then I br- I'm bringing it all the way up to 2006, which was when. Uh, after the documentary came out, uh, Venus of Mars, and it kind of put us on a more uh, international stage, still underground and still independent. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it uh, we were out there because the film was kind of out there. Uh, but it it caused uh, the the lineup in the band at that time to be in some turmoil. And I didn't know how to untangle it, and um, I put the band on hiatus in 2006 uh, with the idea that either I'd come back and figure it out, or I would get a solo career off the ground. And um, kind of both of those things happened after that in, in a manner of speaking. But the memoir has the 2006... Um, hiatus as kind of the end point landing point and then the beginning point is is 1994 so my memoir is is kind of using the the band uh journey during that time which is kind of the most volatile and the most interesting as the backbone Mm -hmm. of the story and i can i can go off a lot of different directions with that being trans and i can go into different worlds uh, but then I can also another thread 
is is just being trans and trying to understand that in those early days when when nobody did there wasn't anything so there was that and i was kind of on my own and then the other the final story which i think is going to rise to be the main storyline in the book is the relationship my relationship with lynette and how we navigated a relationship through that time from from my perspective it was nav and lynette's to navigating the demands of of somebody a spouse trying to be a rock star <laughs> right using with credit cards to finance right. everything because right. they can't get a record label <laughs> yeah. yeah going in a horrible debt horrible horrible debt ah debt uh, yes and 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 then the demands of trying to make that your center focus of mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. um and then throw in trying to navigate being trans, you know, just just for fun. Yeah, and that's so, got to be easy enough. Yeah, yeah. so so, so Lynette's <laughs> memoir is going to be talking primarily about our relationship, and her she's going back much earlier, uh, and she's of course the center of of that storyline. So she is talking about herself and how sh- sh- how this affected her journey um and um and her reflections will be on our relationship so hers will be more relationship mine will start and keep rock and roll as kind of the backbone but but the relationship story will interweave and then become more prominent towards the end that sounds th- ex- that's like exactly what a what a rock star would do is to make, <laughs> is to make their story about, about rock the rock star. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then the spouse's Swagger. story is like, yeah, well, what about all this other stuff? I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. And you guys have been together for how long? 36 years. So high school, you were, did you go to high school together? Or did you we know did you? actually, okay. we actually met, we didn't date in high school, but we met in junior high or middle school, uh-huh. uh, seventh grade. Okay. And, um, and then we, we, Lynette, started we started becoming closer friends but just friends in um during my band uh that first band mm-hmm. and that slowly and that was college i didn't go to college but lynette did um, well, you went to mcad a little i went bit. to mcad for one semester and i didn't even finish that story <laughs> so, this, so this apartment um uh had a had a okay. I got a I got a yeah, uh, gotta, sideways. Okay, so this apartment was just an efficiency apartment, and it had a stove that 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 folded out from closet doors. You know, oh. it was just on the on the wall, oh, and then it had a walk through closet, and then my bed was right in the living room, and then the bathroom, and and it had an electronic uh, smoke alarm, and I was on the top floor. And that damn thing would go off every time I tried to make something. Every time. <laughs> and I got so mad at that. And I would just have to... Uh, you know, uh, so I got a chair and went over there and pulled it off the ceiling and put a plastic bag around it. <laughs> and it never bothered me anymore. But what happened was it left this big hole into oh, the attic. And oh. I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know it went to the attic. I just I was like, yeah. Well, I came home to a bat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew there was going to be another and critter. The fire and alarm the, yeah. had been <laughs> and, keeping and, you safe. And it was and it was at a very emotionally difficult low part point in my life where I was like really struggling. 
um, I hadn't untangled being trans at all. Uh, well, you so, were in art college, too. and I was I, mean, I was trying yeah. to go to art college, and it was it was just really hard. And and I had a car that I had to get up at four in the morning to start every winter morning yeah. so that it wouldn't freeze because right. it was on the street mm-hmm. every morning at four every four <laughs> hours I have to get up and go and start the car and fall asleep <laughs> in it until it's warmed it up that's because it was way colder when we were yeah, younger yeah and then turn it off and then crawl back home and try to sleep again oh, for another four hours and I did that for a year <laughs> uh, or for that winter <laughs> and not the year for that winter and then um, and and I was signed up for the second semester and then this, this bat came down and just <laughs> threatened like me. And I just couldn't, I just You're couldn't. Like, I mean, I had dealt, I, I dealt with the roaches. Sure. <laughs> I, we got to be okay. Right. We could deal with each other, you know. Right. They kept their flying. side of the room and I kept on mine. It was all right, you know. They'd leave me alone when I took my bath. <laughs> <laughs> but that we bat. got We got so I could live with them. But the bat was Ooh. just too much. Because I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I just, oh, you know, yeah. and, the, and the poor thing was like screeching because it was so small and it couldn't see. And I didn't know what to do. So I tore my, my apartment up apart trying to figure out just like what am I going to do what am I going to do how do I do uh, and I didn't know I didn't know in the middle of winter and I I went up to a friend's apartment which was on the other you know across across up by Hennepin and Franklin went to his apartment we all got drunk on some sort of like beers I don't even know what the cheap beers were back then Fox Deluxe or whatever What's going on back? The thickers, I don't know. Oh, something shitty. And uh, we got drunk, and we all got baseball bats. I don't know where they had baseball baseball bats, but they had like tennis rackets. (laughs) And all three of us came marching down to my my studio. It was gone. It just it it was it was gone. It probably found its way back up in the attic. attic. It said, "I'm never going back down there again." (laughs) Well, yeah, or told his friends, and we're going down in a pack next (laughs) time. (laughs) You know. So anyway. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't I just I couldn't think it's, I couldn't it's just think open, and I had paralyzed. I had kind of a emotional meltdown and and I couldn't stay so I dropped out of MCAD and I I defaulted on my my um, apartment oh, you saved and a big I headache I moved there. back yeah you did <laughs> I moved back to <laughs> Duluth again yeah and. Um, and that's and then it wasn't until I got into music, got that first band. Then we came back down, and, right. and that's when you started your relationship with Lynette. Lynette yes, sort of started around yes, that time. with that band. And then uh, a couple of months after we moved down here, we we got married. We decided to get married, oh, and everybody really? thought it was because we were expecting, but we weren't expecting. <laughs> we were just like being traditional, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. so you were you were quite young. Yeah. 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 Young and married, twenty-two. Yeah. So do the math, and you'll figure out how old I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried. <laughs> so uh, well, um, we we have. Do you have any more questions you want to ask? Sarah? we're getting well. Close I, to I our do kind of want to also just yeah. say. So how does all the pretty horses? How did that come up? That oh, name? Because well, after after yeah. after we were married, and that was uh, in 1984. So 24. Where we were, uh, so I had I went into the art world. I 
became a filmmaker. I I was one of the rifle sport artists. Yeah. Um, there was the big blue doors there. Those were my doors. I painted those doors. Um, and and I was in it, I drove my car up the stairwell. It was an art car. <laughs> um, so I was really inspired by the New York installation artists yeah. back then, the, the graffiti artists and everybody. So my style started in that area. Uh, eventually changed, and I still consider myself a painter and an artist, but I just haven't done a lot of that lately. Um, but I went through that whole phase, and then. Um, I did a film. Wow, it's just like a long ways. There's a whole bunch of stuff I did. So I came out, um, started working um, in film. Uh, uh, Tim Miller, who was one of the NEA Four, came into town and uh, was doing stuff at Channel Two and at the Walker. And I had an association with Channel Two through some filmmaking things, and they asked me to do a documentary film or a little film on him a creative film and I agreed and I did it and it was called My Skin is a Map and it got censored because it was too hot (laughs) they were it was a make out scene but it was very moving and very strong and he he read a poem about about the AIDS epidemic Mm. it was very powerful Mm. but they just couldn't deal with the imagery they they canceled they, they censored at the very last moment it was supposed to be broadcast. And then um, John Kalaki, who was the uh, performance art director at the time at the Walker and uh, the one that brought him in, uh, advocated for for Tim, but for me um, as as the filmmaker. Um, and, and so I got to know John, and John and I made two films after that, uh, two of a trilogy that he made. Um, and then um, shortly after that I was doing an installation off-site thing at a hair salon on Franklin Avenue called Extension Generation and my drummer Bill wandered in and said we should get that old band back together (laughs) and I was like I don't know if I want to and he was just really persistent and kept bugged me and finally I agreed to do it and we could not of course get any of those old members back so we formed a new band and and we had to come up with a name and I had been using horses in my paintings and horse mm. imagery and horse heads in a lot of stuff so my films I had an early film called horse head and uh, I used that for a lot of imagery and it was in my dreams and Lynette came up with the idea of doing all the pretty horses. Okay. And because of that dream imagery and right. association. And she had a more literary connection to it. I didn't. I had the, the nursery rhyme connection. And I liked the idea of pretty mm-hmm. in yeah. a tough rock and roll band. Right, right. And I was just coming out to my bandmates who were kind of freaking out on me. But they were very quiet about it i learned about this later from another friend who was heard all about heard the freak out i didn't hear it directly but i was coming out to them so i was saying i'm going to be doing this i'm going to be myself and um and that's how the The name name started uh and so we we went for all the way up to the um 
the hiatus is all the pretty horses and and we i kept it as a, as a collective looking band when we started it we fashioned it as the classic three piece collective band we all made mutual decisions um bill my drummer was kind of the the center of that and did most of the work and produced everything produced our first album in the recording studio that he was in but then when bill left because he was struggling with personal issues um i it was left to me and my my bass player ed ed ford and um i stepped up and took it over and and at that point i started taking the band seriously mm. and that the idea of doing music as as a main art form and a career choice I, I decided to do it, and uh, so I took it over, and then from that point on, just because of the nature of the difficulty of keeping people together and everybody's life changing and different challenges, I went through a series of different bandmates through that time for various reasons, which I will write about, but not a t- I'm not writing a tell-all, right. <laughs> but I will write about and I'll touch on things where I've I feel that I need to, and um, but I kept that that collective facade, even though it had defaulted to a solo performance, uh, a solo project with a backup band. Mm-hmm. That's what it defaulted to. But back then, that nobody liked that. Nobody, right. you know, everybody wanted the classic band. They didn't yeah. want, uh, you know, a, a, a solo project with a backup band. That wasn't the model of rock and roll back then, locally, anyway. So I kept that going and just switched up band mates as I had to. And, um, and then after the hiatus and then after I came back and reformed it, then I brought it in more formally with Venus to Mars and All the Pretty Horses. Mm. Yeah. So that's the official name now. Okay. Wow. wow. That's yeah, that's, uh, it's funny. We've had so many musical guests on that that, some of those things seem to be echoed yeah. from that era mm-hmm. that you know there yeah. were we were all i mean i mean minneapolis in in the 80s was kind of like the the you know what happened with grunge it was it would this was kind of like the epicenter of people paying attention to that early day of of new wave mm-hmm. stuff and everybody yeah. was getting signed you know all the all the people that Associ- you know, and the suburbs were kind of like the first to call attention. Then Prince kind of, although Prince had a lot of difficulty because of oppression and discrimination, but, you know, he prevailed and put us <laughs> on the map, yeah. of course. But, but as you know, in those early days when the suburbs got signed, that started bringing people, at, you know, well, right. who are the next people to sign? And so they came in and... You know, their replacements, and Husker Du, and... All the classics. Babes in Toyland, you know. Yeah. yeah. That was all, that was that whole era. Yeah. And nobody remembers me, which is just fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I came after that out. with All the Pretty Horses. I was in the 90s. Yeah. And, and for me, because I couldn't get anywhere in Minneapolis, I went to New York with a band that was the beginning of my debt-ridden uh, life. Oh, yeah. But I, I started trying to establish the band out in New York. So I was actually lucky enough to be part of the New York scene uh, in the 90s and uh, early 2000s and 
plate CBGBs and mm. the limelight. And Before it turned into a clothing e- store? Yeah. Oh, I don't even walk by it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just don't. I can't. And, and I, I didn't wear it, but I was wearing my CBGBs t-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, and it was like, I bought this in the club back <laughs> oh, in the yeah, day. That's a valuable that, I got two shirts yep. from the club. I bought it off the shelf behind. It was in the in it's the real right deal. there. It's a real deal, but nobody yeah. cares and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, it's like, it feels ridiculous no to wear cares. it now. Oh. It's like uh, uh, everybody's trying to. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I yeah, that was, I, I feel very lucky to have that even, even though it cost me a, a lot. Pretty penny. I, I do really value that experience. Well, I feel lucky that we were able to get you to come in here and talk with us. I do too. And get yeah. to know us and, and do a show. Thank yeah. you. I'd love to come back. We would love, we would to, love have to have you, have you, have you back. back. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yep. And where can people find you online? Online? Um, well, I, I got in on a lot of the social media under Venus to Mars. Okay. So. Uh, and I actually took on the DeMars from, from the documentary of Mars. I did the deviation mm. of D-Mars, so okay. it's small D-E, but in, in social media it's big D, little E, at big M, you know, DeMars. But if, yeah, just Google Venus DeMars and I'll pop up. So I'm probably most active on facebook and instagram and okay. i've tried to interlock everything even i was out there with myspace so i still get echoes of my stuff oh, i yeah. linked it up oh, to myspace yeah. so i still post on myspace oh, accidentally oh, i don't i don't even know how to get in there wow. now but it pops up so speaking of your <laughs> memoirs when um is that going to So this year, I'm trying to get the first draft written, Mm -hmm. first draft memoir. So that means I'll have kind of a loose outline. I'll have the major chapters and hopefully a lot of the ligament chapters in between kind of sketched into place. And I will, I'm going to try to have a part of it graphic novel. Um, And it's, I'm doing kind of an experimental thing and some of it's poetry and lyric and essay collected essays and that kind of thing so it'll be kind of scatter mm-hmm. uh type of thing um but once i get that down to the end of this year then i have to start revising mm-hmm. and trying to tighten that and to reinforce that it's probably going to take another year and hopefully by the end of that year i will have it both of us lynette's too We'll both have our books in um, in a tight enough place that we could start looking for an agent, mm-hmm. and we're considering maybe trying to find the same agent. Mm-hmm. To c- we don't want to release them as a package or as a combined book or anything like that, but we want to be smart about how it is how we find publishers. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're complementary to each other. And they're complementary. I yep. mean, you can read Lynette's book and see what she thought about this particular yep. argument on the street of New York. <laughs> right. <front> of the <laughs> right. You know, and then you can see my version <laughs> of it. Is the kitten one going to be in the, in the little <laughs> She <kitten> did. <laughs> yes, that's so yes, awesome. She talks, so she's going to talk, well, at least right now, she's got it in her journal. <laughs> she's got, she's got little Emma poking out of the cardboard, the cardboard box. box. Yeah. Oh. That's very cute. Yeah. Well, well it's you, not, they're going to be difficult books. I'm but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll be cute parts. Yeah. 
Well, that's life, right? Yeah. Well, it's it sounds like we'll have parts. to have you in for a few okay. different parts. Please. I mean, right. that that would be cool. This, this is an interesting. I mean, I think the memoirs are really an interesting journey. And, it's and to have you it come is in so during interesting parts because of it. and especially the dual nature of this, we we had to go back to those arguments in in a long term relationship where you shut the door on it. It was never quite resolved, but you just leave it there. 10 years, 20 years ago, we had to go find that damn closet door and open it up mm. and jump right back in. That's, That's not fun. easy. <laughs> no, I <laughs> and, and now we're willing to say a little bit more than we were back then about what was uh-huh. going on. So, and that brings up all new kinds of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been difficult, but also in, a, in an interesting way, cathartic. cathartic and, and it... It's always it always feels precarious, but it it um, I think we're stronger mm-hmm. in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But relationships always go through stability and precariousness, mm-hmm. and it's just I think it's just the nature. It's, the trick is figuring out how to navigate it all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're not supposed to be easy that way. No, but all right, all right. Well, thank you, Venus. Okay. Venus, thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye. I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.